May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. When I stood in this pulpit four years ago to preach for the first time as rector at St. Paul's, I was confronted with one of the more peculiar or strange passages in Scripture. You know, it was the provocative story about how Jesus called a Gentile woman a dog and how that Gentile woman bested Jesus in a debate saying, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And today, as I stand in the pulpit for the last time as your rector, I get the same provocative encounter. This time from Mark. Sir, yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Now what in the world does God want us to take away from this story? Why why is this story the bookend of our ministry together here? I haven't figured it out yet, but I'm I'm just going to say this is proof that God has a remarkable sense of humor. I guess we're going to have to chew on this one for a little bit longer. Uh, In that sermon four years ago, if you remember, I reflected on how our dog Charlie ate the crumbs from underneath Mary Catherine's high chair, a very vivid image. But this time around, it is John who is sweeping the crumbs off the high chair for Charlie to eat. The names of the players and the circumstances might have changed, but the story stays the same. Seasons change, parishioners come and go, priests come and go, but the eternal truth of God's mercy and goodness remains the same from age to age. From generation to generation, the story of our faith is woven together with a God whose property is always to have mercy, no matter the time, no matter the place, the light of God shines on a truth we proclaim in Christ. In today's lesson from Mark, this Gentile woman, this outsider, is reminding the chosen people of Israel, she is a prophet to the chosen people of Israel, she is reminding them of the faith that they themselves have forgotten, a faith given through the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will bless you and you will be a blessing, a faith given through the prophets. I will make you a light to the world, a faith our ancestors exclaimed in exile. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me the days of our life, a faith given in Jesus Christ, a faith that makes us well, a faith that is passed down from generation to generation through the church by the power of the Holy Spirit. And for us sitting here today, that that faith is alive and well in Selma. It's alive and well here at St. Paul's. For these past four years, it's been a tremendous blessing and honor to be a part of that faith story lived out through St. Paul's. This is a faith story with work. Faith without works is dead. Your faith includes worth. Your faith is at work. Uh, And this faith story at St. Paul's has given me the courage and conviction to proclaim the power of the gospel. Uh, This story of faith will continue to inspire others to proclaim the power of the gospel. The preservation and renovation of of these buildings stand as outward and visible signs of a faith story that is alive and well at St. Paul's. 
Uh, the fact that, that someone from St. Paul's is featured in the newspaper every day, sometimes three times a day, must have been a slow news day, uh, is an outward invisible sign of a lively and active faith at St. Paul's. The fact that St. Paul's is known as the church in Selma where anyone and everyone is welcome is perhaps the greatest symbol of a lively and active faith that exists in this place. And that's good news because in our lesson today, this Gentile woman, this person who is on the, the very edge of the outside, is reminding the chosen people of Israel, and today reminding the church, that we do not exist for ourselves alone. We do not exist for the sake of self-preservation. And as we talked about on uh, our Bible study on Tuesday, the church is not a place where we go to get sanitized from our sins. This is not a a sanitization booth or whatever. Rather, the church is a place where imperfect people gather to be sanctified, to be set apart for works of mercy given in the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord. Church is the place where we we go to be transformed into living members of the body of Christ where we become living members of God's story of healing and mercy and goodness that is meant to be extended to all people from every race and creed and nation and culture. And our family is certainly proud and humbled to have been a part of that congregation who has claimed that story of faith, a story uh, that that, that breathes and, 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 and lives God's story of mercy and welcome to all. And I can't emphasize this enough. Selma needs that story of faith that is being lived out through St. Paul. Selma needs you to continue to be that light shining in the darkness. And you are that light shining in the darkness. Selma needs you to continue to be that church where anyone and everyone is welcome. And with God's never-ending promise of mercy, you will be that church that continues to be a blessing to this community, especially to those whom the church and society have declared as unworthy. Now some of you might be thinking, not all of you, just some of you, how are we going to do this without a rector to lead us? Well, for starters, Jesus has always been your real rector. He's always been your true leader, and he will always be your true leader. Regardless of who stands here on Sunday, Jesus is the one you're called to follow. Jesus is the one who makes our mission to extend God's mercy possible. Secondly, you're going to find a new rector soon enough. My my name's going to be wiped off from the board out front. You're going to forget about me. And I'm confident that you will welcome a rector as warmly as you welcomed me and my family. I'm confident that God is preparing someone for you with the skills and talents that you need at that time and that place uh, uh, as you continue to, to live into that story of faith that God is writing. At our Wednesday morning Eucharist, which I'm going to miss dearly, they have a 12 o'clock Eucharist as Ascension, but they don't have breakfast afterwards, right? Um, So I'm going to miss that. But at that Wednesday morning Eucharist, we remembered the life and witness of a guy named uh, Bishop Paul Jones. Bishop Jones of Utah was forced to resign his office in 1918. He, he said something publicly. Uh, he said, war is unchristian, and the House of Bishops forced him to resign for that statement. And in his farewell address, Bishop Jones said, Where I serve, the church is of small importance, so long as I can make my life count in the cause of Christ. So in other words, Paul, he went on to serve the church and Christ in amazing ways, even without the title bishop in front of his name. 
Likewise, our ministry to Christ and his church is not diminished if we don't happen to have priest or bishop or deacon in front of our name. Our prayer book, in fact, uh, lists the the laity among the first uh, orders of all the church. In particular, the charge to the laity is to carry on the mission of the church. Your charge is to carry on Christ's ministry of reconciliation to the world. You are the main characters in the ongoing story of God's story of mercy and goodness. And it is our work simply to nourish and support and encourage you in that work. So in many ways, the clergy are following you and what you're up to in the community. And we are here to serve you and lift you. And with that being said, thank you for giving Jamie and me and our family the opportunity to serve you and the church and God in some amazing and powerful ways. And obviously there are a lot of unknowns as this transition looms. There are a lot of questions that are going to need to be answered. Who's going to be in charge of this or who will do that? Uh, what if we do if, what do we do if this happens? Uh, first of all, you have an extremely competent vestry and staff and they're going to help answer these questions. Henry is here to help answer these questions. And when all else fails, you can call Mary Helen in the church office. Right? No? Uh, Joyce is here too. You can call Joyce. Joyce is around. Uh, When all else fails, when the changes and chances of this life are too much, remember that you possess a faith that relies on the goodness and mercy of God to lead you into the unchanging story of God's love for His people. So beloved sisters and brothers in Christ, I leave you with some words from my favorite hymn. The the hymn that we happen to be singing uh, today, a hymn that brings me comfort and peace regardless of the time or place or circumstance. And those final words say, together met, together bound, we'll go our different ways. And as God's people in the world, we will live and speak his praise. Amen.